0: Today is uh, the second half of my New Year's sermon and I'm picking up right where he ends there with chapter one. I mean chapter 4, verse one of Ephesians 4. If you could go ahead and turn there, that would be awesome. Next Sunday, very special announcement. we're having water baptisms. Yes. Amen. And if you have not been baptized in water, not just by water, but in water, because it's a picture of what Christ did for us. He died to himself and was buried. We die to ourselves, give him our lives. and We are buried in a watery grave, rising to walk in the newness of life. It's something Jesus told believers to do. And if you have not obeyed the Lord in being baptized in water, since you've become a believer, we would love to baptize you. So pray about it. Uh, we've got some some uh, sheets out in the foyer that give some scriptures about water baptism, and uh, so that will be next Sunday during praise and worship. Oh, what a time it's going to be! Praise the Lord. Have you found um, Have you found Ephesians chapter four yet? He goes on to say, "I therefore," the basis of what he had just said, the prayer that he prayed for them, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. We say walk worthy. Um, None of us are worthy of anything except by God's grace. And He has made us worthy. And so I think we need to consider as we walk, what is our calling to walk in? It's not just to overcome sin, but God has a plan for our lives. It's a a common plan, and yet we each have a unique calling. Verse 2, With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So if we are to walk worthy of the calling with which we are called, we can't do it full of pride, can we? Pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. So you can't walk if you're fallen. So it's important to resist pride. Uh, I don't know how to be humble, but I do know we can resist pride. And as a result, you have uh, pride under your feet, not anything to be proud about. I heard about a guy who wrote a book. I think it's a fictitious story, but maybe it's true. His book was entitled Humility and How I Attained It. So to walk worthy of our calling, we're to bear with one another in love and we're to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I'm so glad he said unity of the Spirit and not unity of the doctrine. We believe in doctrine. We believe in teaching. It is true. Don't let anybody tell you doctrine's bad. Doctrine... Maybe, you're, maybe, maybe what you're referring to is dogmatic dogmas that one would use to separate himself from everybody in the body of Christ and set himself up or herself up as the expert. You know what an expert is? It's an expert. It's a former drip under pressure. <laughs> Unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Peace is what holds us together. A church is a very fragile thing. It can fly apart. Without peace. And so we should endeavor to walk worthy of our calling by keeping unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4 is why we are called to have peace and unity. There's one body and one Spirit. One body and one Spirit. Our church is an expression, one of the many expressions of Christ's body in the earth. And there's one Holy Spirit. And all those churches. The Baptists don't have a different Holy Spirit from the Methodists. One Spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. Now, Hebrews chapter 6 talks about the doctrine of baptisms. Plural. Yet here this says one baptism. This one baptism is talking about one of those baptisms. Tell you what the baptisms are, the doctrine of baptisms. Um, there's the baptism of John the Baptist that was a washing of those who were turning from their sins in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. In the Old Testament, there was a baptism of the priests, they were washed. And in Judaism to this day, some forms of Judaism, uh, you still are immersed to become converted. One extreme form, you have to be naked. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Um, Then there is the baptism into the body of Christ. The baptism in water and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, if I had time to go into it, we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God makes us part of the body of Christ. We are immersed in the body of Christ. We are made part of his body. And that is a baptism that the Holy Spirit does. He is the one that anoints the person who witnessed to us, whether it was on TV or on radio or in something you read. Uh, even the Bible, the Holy Spirit is there speaking to your heart. He is the one that convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when we respond to the Lord and call upon the Lord, he is the one that answers that call, makes us part of the body of Christ. In this room today is probably someone who's been considering the claims of Christ, and you find yourself beginning to believe some of these strange things we believe. That God, who created the heavens, sent his son to be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And he lived a perfect life and made disciples for three years. He created the foundation for his church. And then he died for the sins of the world, was buried, and three days later arose from the grave and ascended to heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel, the full gospel. And you find yourself beginning to believe that, something you wouldn't have considered maybe a year ago. What's going on? The Holy Spirit is at work in your heart. The Holy Spirit is at work to give you the baptism in the body of Christ. I believe this is the one baptism he's talking about here. Because I opened the subject, let's talk about the other two. Actually, there's three more baptisms. There's the baptism in water. The Holy Spirit doesn't baptize you in water. Another believer baptizes you in water. If it's here, I might be the one baptizing you in water. And we desire to only baptize those in water who've been baptized into the body of Christ already by the Holy Spirit. Alright? Then, there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said that Jesus was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And it is he said, I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus. It's nothing to be confused with because there is only one God and and He is Jesus in the heavens at the right hand of Father, which is a position of majesty, position of authority. And He is there as our intercessor and our high priest representing us in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is here. His Spirit is here representing Him, making people part of His body. But there's more the Christian life than just becoming part of the body of Christ. There's an empowerment for ministry that Jesus does. If you'll call on his name and begin to ask him, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, he will do it. The same Holy Spirit that made you part of his body wants to fill you to overflowing, not just so that you can speak in tongues or prophesy or some other manifestation that happens when one is filled with the Spirit, but so that you can have power To be a witness. And the final form of baptism is something that John the Baptist talked about. He said that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then he went on to describe that. He says his winnowing hand is in his his hand and he is fanning the chaff and gathering it to be burned. What is that? It is the sanctifying work of Jesus. He baptizes us in His fire by doing a cleansing work in our lives. Because when we come to Him, we come to Him just like we are. You don't get good to get God. You get God, and He makes you good. It's true. You don't clean fish before you catch them. And you don't clean the fish Jesus does. So we can read the Word, declare the truth and deliver the mail, but we're not like the mailman who won't leave you alone. Did you open that package? Did you open that package? Did you open that package? No, we love people who need their lives to be cleaned up, but we rely on the Holy Spirit, the agent of Jesus in the earth, to bring that cleansing work. I'm not the same man I was 20 years ago when this church started. I'm not the same man I was last week, because the Lord is doing a work in my life, making me more like Jesus. See, we've been predestined to be conformed, to the image of Jesus. A lot of people want to get caught up in the doctrine of predestination and argue about it. Does it mean God uh, runs us around like robots? Or does he have foreknowledge? And he knows what's going to happen. So he, he, he like Charlie Brown, shoots an arrow and then he draws a target around the arrow. Uh, does God have foreknowledge? He knows how where things are going to wind up. So he makes that to be his purpose. Don't, stay away from that stuff. Understand, you've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's at work in our lives to bring cleansing, to burn that chaff up. Who likes to eat chaff? We don't like to eat chaff. We love that white rice. (laughs) Huh? Chaff is the husk around corn, corn, Chaff is the husk around wheat. Chaff is the husk around uh, grain. It's the shell, the outer shell that protects it. But when you're going to eat, it's got to go. If you, if you want to enjoy your meal, it needs to go. Any corn husk smokers here, you might enjoy that. But <laughs> This is interesting. Jesus said, if you see a speck in your brother's eye, first get the log out of your eye, and then go help your brother get the speck out of his eye. What is that speck? It's a blind spot. Things about us that annoy other people that we don't know annoy them are blind spots. When it comes to my kids, I, over the years, have had great blind spots. In fact, I raise my children on my knees begging for their forgiveness. And if, if you're offended at someone, that's like a log in your eye. First, deal with the offense so you can approach the person in gentleness and speak the truth in love. The Greek word for chaff, for speck, is storge, which is the same word for chaff. See a brother with chaff in his eye. The things that bother us about one another are the things Jesus is dealing with. Amen. He's still working on me, making me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and faithful he must be because he's still working on me. He's working on you. That's the baptism in fire. So back to our text. The one Lord, one faith, one baptism, I believe, is the baptism into the body of Christ. It's one body. That's his purpose of of emphasizing. All right. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in y'all. But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. All right? We're called to walk in unity. We have a common calling. And that common calling is to walk in unity. But we also have a unique calling. If all we do is fulfill our common calling and we just have unity, then we're a bless-me club. We may as well just remove the word evangelism from our, from our vocabulary. We're just trying to keep the unity. And churches like that are called naval gazers. I'll let you define that later. It has nothing to do with the Navy. They're just staring at themselves, us four and no more. Uh, endeavoring to keep unity. And I think sometimes God allows division to hit a group like that so that they can scatter. That's what happened in the early church. Persecution hit them uh, after eight years of heaven on earth, of great unity and growth, and the gospel spread as a result of the persecution that came. Growth happened because the Lord's in this thing for more than just us. But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, we have the common calling of walking in unity and faith together and peace. But we also have a unique calling, a unique gifting. You have a spiritual DNA and a natural DNA that's unlike anybody else's. See, God is so awesome, it's going to take more than one of us to reflect into the world. Like many facets of a diamond reveal the, the beauty of that stone, so the many facets of the body of Christ of which we are all parts reveal his glory to the earth. So it's important that we have unity, but it's also important that we have diversity. That's a big word right now out there in the world, but it's it's been a biblical principle for years. Each of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. This is referring to the charismata's or the grace gifts that was given according to Christ's will. Now look at this. Verse 8. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, this is a prophecy he's quoting from the Psalms. And verse 9 is a parenthetical statement. Now, this, he ascended, what does it mean? That, but that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. So Christ ascended to give gifts. Christ ascended, but first he descended. He became a man. And as a man, he descended further. He took the cross of a criminal. He received accusations that he was not guilty of. He took the form of a servant. Philippians 3 bears all this out. And he died. He humbled himself. He descended even further. He died as though we were a criminal. The Bible says he became sin so that we who, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become righteous. He descended so that we could be raised up to a higher position. And he descended even that in dying and going into the earth. And some theologians, there's some debate going on, says he even went into hell to take captivity captive. Now, I don't think he went down there and took the keys away from Satan, because Satan's not down there. He didn't want to go there. So, that's kind of a funny teaching. Let's just stay away from it. Alright. He definitely won authority back that Adam had lost. And he gives it to us. We can walk on serpents and scorpions. Jesus said it. Alright. He descended, then he ascended. Now, this is Paul. He writes in very long statements, so there's lots of theology in these, but I want to get to the heart of it. All right. When he ascended, he gave gifts to men. And now he talks about the gifts that he began to give. He himself, verse 11, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, some have called this a fivefold ministry. Apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher. Some will even use their hand to describe it. Uh, Apostle is like the thumb because it's a foundational. It brings balance and foundation. Prophet is like the finger because it points. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, The middle finger is like the evangelist because it's the longest. reaches out. The pastor is like the ring finger, you know, because he appears to be maybe the most loving of all five. And then the teacher is all about hearing the word, and that's the finger that goes in your ear the easiest. All right, that's fine. It's just not in the Bible. All right. Here's what I believe is in the Bible. I believe the sevenfold ministry of Jesus is in the Bible. First, there's Jesus, right? He descended. We talked for a minute about how far he descended. Then he ascended and he gave gifts. So that's his ministry. He's still working for us, giving us gifts and callings as well as interceding for us having provided the eternal sacrifice once and for all on the cross. When he said it is finished, it's done. But he's continuing working, helping us. He's not up in heaven reviewing our records as though it's already judgment day. It's judgment day in the church. Judgment begins at the house of God, where he's baptizing us with fire, bringing purity to us. All right. And I feel like I'm a tadpole trying to eat a whale here. Um. One bite at a time. How do you eat an elephant? So there's the ministry of Jesus, then the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Oh, that's only six. Where's seven at? Well, read it. They are given for the equipping of the saints. The seventh fold is the ministry of the saints. We must have the ministry of Jesus. We must have the ministry of the the apostle uh, we kind of shy away from that title because there's so much weirdness going on in that. But we must have apostolic ministry. And we we have it here. We just don't call it that. All right. Uh, we must have prophetic ministry. There's people with prophetic giftings in this body. And we even had a brother here last week who's highly gifted in that area. We must have evangelistic ministry. We must have pastoral ministry. We must have teaching ministry. But those ministries fall short if they exist just for themselves. There's guys running around the country, your church needs an apostle and I want to be one. I have a friend, a man came to his church, said, I'm your prophet. You need to hear me speak. They just met. Um, So my friend says, am I your pastor? No, then you're not my prophet. They all fall short unless we have that seventh fold of ministry. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And as saints are equipped for ministry, some might become apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But the bottom line is what Jesus is trying to do is being continued in the earth. It's being continued in the earth. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And what's the work of ministry for? for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. Has this ended yet? No. Here's when it's going to end. It'll end when we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Are we there yet? No. Then we still need apostles, prophets, pastors, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, and the ministry of the saints. We still need Jesus to be giving gifts to us. We still need it because we're not there yet. And then he defines what that is. As a result of us being perfect, it says, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So he's bringing us to maturity. So that we can't be duped by the false prophets. And trust me, there's a lot of them out there. And I'll leave that alone. Although I'd love to bring it up, but I won't. From whom Christ is the head, and from the head, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part, can we say every part? Every part does its share. Tell somebody, do your share. What's the result of that? It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. If every member of the body of Christ does its share, whether it's an apostle or a saint, that part of the body doing its part, his or her part, in alignment with their calling and gifting, the body is edified, strengthened, unified, and grows. You see that? I believe that is an emphasis for us for this year. Now something happened centuries ago called the separation of the clergy and the laity that I do not believe was the Lord's will. The Lord gave gifts to men to equip the saints for work of ministry. He did not give gifts to men so that they could be the only ministers. The equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. We all have a calling. It's not the minister and the morons or the preacher and the peons. It's the body of Christ in action, in operation. And every member is as important as the next one. Notice, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher, pastor, are not capitalized. They are functions. You can call them offices, but you you can have an office and do nothing. If you're going to go to the doctor, you don't want to just go to a doctor's office. You want to go to a practicing doctor who may have an office who can give you some help. And so, uh, I'm not into titles. That's why you can call me by my first name. I grew up in a denomination where nobody had first names. <laughs> I remember um, listening to uh, a particular denomination had a, a had a meeting in Cleveland, Texas, and in Houston on KSBJ, they had a commercial advertising these meetings. Come to Higher Dimensions Conference. Come in here, O.W. Williams, T.W. Barnes, C.P. Kilgore. I'm not throwing stones at those men, but it was W this, O.O. that, B.A. this, B.C. that, blah, 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 blah. And when the commercial was over, the DJ came on and said, does anybody have a first date? Now, I know in the South it can be, a custom to do that, but that's taking the custom too far. You're removing yourself from the people. Oh, but isn't there danger of being too familiar? Yeah. But it flows both ways. There, there's, there's, uh, you can correct over familiarity easily, but the separation of the clergy and laity is not the will of God. Um, in the book of Revelation, is a teaching that the Lord refers to in one of the churches and he says, "I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Who were the Nicolaitans? Some people believe they were the laity or the people who followed the teachings of a man named Nicholas, Nicolaitans. they were Nicholas's people and he preached license. You have a license when you get saved, you have a license to sin and he encouraged sin. When you sin it's not you, it's your body. Uh, it's not you, it's just your body sinning. Well, that's that's dumb. Because we're going to face God for every deed done in our body. That's what the Bible says. I, I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Uh, another t- understanding is, oh my goodness, we are moving on. Another understanding is the word nico is related to a word that means to oppress. And laity refers to people. And if that's true, then God hates those who oppress his people. He hates those who oppress his people. So that's why I don't wear a uniform. Um, because this separation of clergy and laity has to stop. Now I believe in, in the equipping ministries that Jesus gives. But I believe it's all about the members of the body of Christ. Ministry. The preachers are killing themselves trying to do all the ministry. And you know what? People like it, though. They want a king who takes care of them. I mean that's, that's why our, our government is spending so much money, they want the king to take care of them. And every political party is guilty of that. But in reality, we are missing opportunities to minister if you think ministry is simply bringing people to church. I don't want you to bring people to church. But if somebody's hurting and they're your neighbor, my God, minister to them. Minister to them. This will bring the point home. Called the preacher beaver. I mean, you you, meet, you go to church, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I do. Yeah. So, what what are your thoughts on on God and church and heaven and stuff? All great questions. Just uh, it's it needs to be answered. Pretty deep question for out on the lawn this morning. I do have a lot of thoughts on that particular issue. Sam, you rang? Pastor Mike, what took you so long? He was just asking me kind of what I believe. Gotcha, I'll take it from here. Thanks. See you guys. Okay. Well, first of all, Sam believes the Bible's the inspired, infallible word of God. Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross as a a propitiation...
2: I'm sure your dad's gonna start coming to the games, you know. Once the divorce is how things get better. Pastor, can I can I get a minute?
1: uh... not really. I'm I'm babysitting. I've got some groceries to deliver and Bill. I'm That's great. It for... Look, hey, Jack over here needs somebody to show him the love of Christ. Dad's a real jerk. You know, you got the counseling background. We got tickets to a game. We are late. Maybe just a round of catch to show him. Hey, somebody cares. Yeah.
0: Well, See you Sunday.
1: It's okay. It's okay. Hey, buddy.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling okay, but the place is falling apart. I just don't know what to do. Every last dollar goes to the doctor.
2: What can be done? Uh, wow. Well, I don't. I don't know. That. That sounds really bad.
1: Somebody need a minister?
2: Oh, pastor. Great. Um. She can't take care of her house. There's got to be something someone can do for her, right?
1: You mean help her out? Uh, meet her needs?
2: That's a great idea. Why did I think of that?
1: I <laughs> don't know. I, uh, I just did preach a 16-week series on showing love in practical ways. Oh, yeah. Hey, great series. Good luck, huh? <laughs> Actually, I was just helping an older woman walk across the street. I left her in the median. Hi.
0: Okay, I've dealt with our text. Now, let's. what are we doing to obey that here? What, what am I doing? What, what am I hoping to see us do? I, I want to see us contend for the will of heaven in 2011. I know this deals with prayer. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's not unique to our year just because it rhymes, but it's every new year gives an opportunity to kind of recalibrate. And in prayer, let's really focus on praying for the will of heaven. I encourage you, if prayer is a struggle, just get your Bible. Find the Lord's Prayer in it. It's in the Gospels. And read it out loud, and then pray each section uh, a prayer along alignment with that. And you'll find yourself praying the longest over the phrase, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray that for yourself. Pray that for your, your family. Pray that for your church. Pray that for your pastor, yes. Pray that for those you know. Pray that... Pray that. You'll get lost there. And then the other things as well are important. We want to do that. What does that mean? The will of heaven being done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe it means a whole lot of loving going on. If you notice in our text today, and even in our text that I read earlier when I first began, the word love is in there in strategic places. It's not some ooey-gooey feeling that, Hollywood promotes and doesn't understand. It is a reality where one commits to lay down his life for the cause of Christ, for the benefits of others. It's ministry. It's letting God's love find its destination in somebody else. So, what does this mean? Where do we do this? Why, when, what, and how? We want to do this at Generations Church. We want to see a whole lot of loving going on. We want the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I get an amen? Amen. Why? Because our community needs to know God. Needs to know God. First Baptist did a survey a few years ago and discovered, door-to-door survey over two or three Sundays, discovered 18% of the people they talked to claimed to have a church home. The rest of them didn't. Not about having a church home, it's about having an eternal home. People getting to know God. When? This year. Let's declare it. This year, our, our community needs to know God. What? When Generations Church ministers in their God-giving giftings and callings for the purpose of spreading. His love. So our vision for this year is to see every minister ministering through God's power, His gifts, and their callings, for the purpose of spreading His love. It's one of the reasons we're doing this. It isn't just cute for discussion's sake, but it's a survey to fill out. We feed the data into a computer to come out that would come out with a report, a biblical report on how you're wired, how you think. And the area is best suited for your personality to serve. It's just a tool. It's not perfect. Um, it, It came out with my, I was best suited to be bus driver. And we had a bus at the time, and I was the only bus driver in the church. So it's actually, I guess, pretty accurate, pretty scary. We have these available back at the bulletin board. Grab one, fill it out, place it in the offering box. Be sure and put your name on it. We have one we don't know who to give it to as the person went through the hard work of going through it and didn't give us her name. So if that was you, or if you if you turned one in three weeks ago and haven't gotten it back, it might be you. So speak to me after service. I'd like to thank Debbie for helping us out so much with this. So speak to her after service. She'll let you know. So we want to see every member ministering through their God-given callings and giftings for the purpose of being a minister. If that's the purpose, then we've fallen short. The purpose of ministry is to spread God's love, to let it find its destination. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he so loves the world that he gives gifts to men. And they should so love the world that they equip people for ministry. And they should so love the world that they spread God's love everywhere. And the gift goes on and on and on. How? How will we be equipped? Well, we hope to utilize equipping ministry. Uh, Tom Stammen came last week not just to prophesy over people but to teach principles of leadership principles of ministry and he did that for us on Saturday night as well as giving us words of exhortation and edification and comfort to spur us on towards God's will for our life Uh, is he perfect? no, but I've not seen him lead people astray he's spurring people onward in their gifting with his gifting and so we want to connect with other ministries that do this. We know Ron Campbell and Carrie Corkworth do that. We know, um, I can think of a lady minister. I know there's others that do that prophetically as well as other ways. To equip us for ministry. Everything I consider us doing, I want to think, how will this equip us for ministry? Will it equip us to be able to talk about end times with people that have questions? Will it equip us to serve in some area of ministry that maybe uh, my gifts aren't that strong in? We want to utilize other equipping ministries. We want to host equipping events. Um, this isn't an event, but it's like an event. I, I'll announce two, I'm working announcements into the sermon here. Um, Jeff Ferris, he's not here this morning, but he is having a seminar for men on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., February 19th. Uh, it's called Created for a Purpose Using Our Gifts to Serve a spiritual gifting workshop for men. Come enjoy a powerful morning of learning how God made you distinctive and how to serve His purposes effectively with joy. And the following Saturday, Debbie is leading a women's personality and spiritual gifting workshop. They have a free lunch. Tell somebody there is a free lunch from 10 till 2. What is this? Just... For introspection's sake, well, I'm a this and I'm a that. That's me. Uh, we may as well read a horoscope if that's what that's about. No, it's about, hey, I'm wired this way. How can I serve in that way? that that Where I'll be most effective and the most full of joy. Amen. Hallelujah. How? Through preaching God's love. I got away for a few days last month and read a new translation of the Bible. didn't read the whole Bible, but during that time away, the Lord gave me the title to 55 Sermons on Love. And so you're going to be hearing some of those. And so as we are learning and reminding ourselves and being inspired to love more than ever, this is the fuel, love is the fuel that inspires ministry. It really is. It really is. And so... Get ready to receive God's love. We want to increase our outreach. I hope in March to go out every Saturday by myself. And if somebody would like to become part of that, just talk to me after service. And uh, we can strategize how we can do it. I want to go door to door and invite people to church that don't have a church home and pray with them for any needs they might have. If they slam the door in my face, fine. I'll move on. i got to do something. Amen? I'm trapped in this bubble all day long. Good deal. Uh, Love Granberry. I really want us to get behind this this year. Love Granberry weekend. 20-some churches are involved. It's happening on April 15th and 16th. We're meeting at Acton Baptist for a night of worship and an inspiring word to serve our communities. And then the next day, Saturday morning, we're meeting at our individual congregation campuses and meeting there and going out and doing outreach. So if you've got ideas about that, be sure and talk to us. Amen. And we want to obey God's voice. God speaks to us all the time. Who knows that? He speaks to us all the time. And I think I think as as charismatics, many times we want God to speak at church and leave God at church. God, you gave me a word for someone. I'm not at church. How dare you? His his church isn't a Sunday morning meeting. I think some charismatic churches have gone wacko because they try to do everything on Sunday morning. So they don't have to fool with God the rest of the week? I don't know. Who has seen Robert Duvall's movie, The Apostle? All right. Powerful movie. In his research, he heavily researched it. In his research, he created a church service, and Farrah Fawcett's playing the piano. Have you, you remember seeing that scene? He, it's hilarious. I don't think there's any church in America like that one. But he crammed everything he saw and put it in this one church service, and it's hilarious. I mean, the the story is a sad story, but that particular scene is hilarious because they try to cram everything into the meeting. Some of those ideas you have aren't for this meeting. They're for other meetings and other places and for your house even. Yeah. So we want to hear God's voice. And so there's an opportunity to be equipped to hear God's voice more clearly and encouraged to obey it. Um, And we're going to do that here for four Wednesdays in a row, a video series taught by this guy. Watch this.
1: Six and a half billion people on planet Earth. One transcendent God. And the scriptures say that He wants to talk with you. Individually. God to you. I really believe this is true. I believe He speaks to us by His word, the Bible. I also believe that He speaks to us by His Holy Spirit through what I call whispers or promptings. Not audible words that you hear from God, but impressions that are unmistakable. Nudgings that you know have to have come from Him because you wouldn't have made it up yourself. And uh, I've been thinking about this subject matter most of my life. It took me 35 years to actually commit myself to wrap my head around it enough to want to write a book on it. But I've done that recently. And I've collected stories from other people who experience this phenomenon. And I've searched the scriptures and studied what the scriptures say about how God speaks to people. And I think if you read this book, I think you're going to become one of these people that God speaks to. And I think you're going to learn how to listen to Him better. I think you're going to learn how to trust His promptings when He prompts you to go a certain way. And I think when you learn how to listen to God and heed His words, He's going to do incredible things in and through your life.
0: There you go again. Piling more books on us to read. You don't have to read the book. Just come to the video series. It'll be here on Wednesdays in February at 7 We're not going to have a meal like we've had in the last season. We're just going to be here from 7 to 8.30 to hear some serious talks on hearing the voice of God and having the guts to obey. So I hope to see us function more and more in our college. And along those lines, I'd like to give you an example of a ministry that's birthing. Can I have that in mind? Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Ubery has been hearing God speak to her about doing something here that would be an ongoing ministry that will be beyond the walls of this church. And so I asked her to tell you about what the Lord's speaking to her.
2: Good morning. I'm Jordan Ubri for those who don't know me, but I think I know everybody here. I hope. If not, meet me, please. <laughs> um, Ever since I was three years old, and I know that Pastor Alan and Yvette can attest to this, I have been a dancer. I tried to walk away and play the piano one time, but it didn't work. I quit. I went back to dance. Um, and it's something that's been in me, and for the longest time, it's something that I've been trying to do for myself. I want to be on So You Think You Can Dance. I want to be on TV. I want to be on that music video on MTV. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be on Broadway. None of that included God. And Satan came in and wiped it away from me. Um, tore my ACL. It's what holds your femur and your tibia together. And it, you kind of need it. It's in your knee. <laughs> and you really can't walk or move or do anything without it um, until it heals. And I'm still in that healing process. But God's been putting on my heart that, Jordan, it's not taken from you Dance is within you, and you're going to do some awesome things with it. He's been putting this idea in my head about a nonprofit organization to do um, to all teenagers. I've learned all kinds of dance, and I'll still continue to learn all kinds of dance for anybody who wants to learn anything from me. I want it to be free. Dance lessons are expensive. For six days in California, for me to go to a camp cost me $1,700 to get me there and attend the camp. That's really expensive. That's what the best choreographers are charging, and that's cheap for them. Um, And I want these kids, anyone who wants to do, and I would love to incorporate drama, the kids who have a heart for the fine arts, I mean, they're trying to take it out of our schools. So why not give it to them free in another way? Why, Why do we have to limit them to get it from our government? Why can't we be the ones out there doing it? So eventually, this is something i would like to grow to be a nonprofit organization and god has really opened the door like massively this weekend for me and if you want to hear that story i'll tell it to you in person because it's kind of long but if you guys know of any place to get started i'm really picky about being on a good floor and having the right equipment and it not costing for the kids so if some way it doesn't cost a whole lot for me Then it won't cost for the kids. So if you guys have any ideas of how to help me get this started, and prayer. Sometimes prayer is the best idea. So that's my dream and my vision to reach the world. Oh, and to use um, the dance, part of the goal is uh, me giving these kids free dance lessons. They have to give me something in return. They have to dance for me. Um, Anywhere I say, hey, you're going to go perform, and we're going to go here, on this day, and we'll go perform. And I would, would really, really like it to be um, raising money to send it to a nonprofit, another nonprofit organization, which Tom, Tom Salmon does, which um, Shane's been talking a lot about and our youth group. I Ministries. It costs two dollars a week to feed one one orphan in Guatemala. Like I want to see our kids make that happen for them, so that they can reach their dreams and goals as well.
0: Yeah, praise the Lord. Let's stand. Please stand. I want to pray and then bless you and release you to go into your mission field. Amen. Father God, we come to you thanking you that you sent Jesus to be the offering for us. Raising him from the dead. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for sending gifts to us sending us the Holy Spirit and saving us, empowering us for ministry. We pray, Lord, this would be a year of equipping for ministry and a year of ministering for the purpose of spreading your love to Granbury, Texas, in Jesus' name. Lord, it's not about the fame of this church. It's about the fame of our Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you And give you His peace. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed and you're free to minister to anybody. So look around. Minister to someone before you go. Amen. Praise the Lord.